Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our Tribeca Film Festival review of Tully. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you um, over the next few weeks, uh, I guess the week leading up to now, and this week and next week. <laughs> that was the most complicated way ever to describe <laughs> what, what time we're in. Yeah, but uh, basically... Um, we released some episodes that were sort of clogged in there for a little bit. Then we're going to have several episodes, uh, or we had several episodes of reviewed films from the San Francisco International Film Festival. And now here we are at the Tribeca Film Festival. We were bringing you some reviews. So there's going to be a lot of different stuff that is in the feed. Hopefully you guys have been and continue to enjoy these. Um, this is our first review. Our, our, we, we are officially in Tribeca Film Festival now. Um, saw our first film tonight, and we are here to talk about it uh anything to say before we get started steven i'm excited <laughs> right. um and i'm curious about our endurance as this festival runs on <laughs> yeah. more and not recording because the, the first full night we were in new york we recorded four episodes we had been yeah, behind yeah. on uh, so I, I think we can pull that off i'm wondering about your endurance of both recording in the evening and editing in the morning yeah <laughs> like at what degree do i expect the feed to just grind to a halt when chris just like table flips <laughs> and says nope nobody nobody's getting this anymore and, and the, the real test of it will will be tomorrow night where it's the first time that we're seeing two films in one day i'll be like trying to wake up <laughs> release an episode work during the day go see two films, come home, record two reviews. That, that's where it's going to get crazy. But luckily, it's a Friday, which means that at least the Saturday, should there should be some time to like cool things off. So right. we'll see. If I, if I can get ahead enough, then it'll be just releasing episodes during the day. But anyways, enough about how the sausage is made on this podcast. <laughs> what do you say, Stephen, we get into our review of Tully? Let's do it. Which, by the way, for, for people listening, this comes out May beginning of May. Yeah, I think it's like May 6th or something. Yeah, yeah, so this film is right around the corner. You guys will be able to see it very shortly. Um, so we're going to treat this sort of as a normal a normal review of the podcast because you'll be able to see this soon. Yeah. So we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Tully, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Take care of the baby at night so mom and dad can get some sleep. I don't want a stranger in my house. It's like a Lifetime movie where the nanny tries to kill the family and the mom survives and she has to walk with a cane at the end. Get over yourself. (laughs) Mom, what's wrong with your body? Hello. I'm here to take care of you. I'm just not used to people doing things for me. I hold a baby all day, and then nighttime rolls around, and I'm supposed to just switch gears. Like, hello, I'm all sexy now. You're empty. Yeah. No, you're empty on this side. 
Your 20s are great. But then your 30s come around the corner like a garbage truck at 5 a.m. Girls heal. No, we don't. We might look like we're all better, but if you look close, we're covered in concealer. You're convinced that you're this failure, but you actually made your biggest dream come true. If you want to run off or something, I get that. Because I want to do that too sometimes, but I'm not gonna. I'm here to help you with everything. You can't fix the parts without treating the whole. Yeah, no one's treated my whole in a really long time. <laughs> All right, so that was the trailer for Tully. It's the latest film from Jason Reitman. Uh, it is basically the story of a woman who just just, just gave birth to her, or she's about to give birth to her third child, and uh, she's sort of dealing with uh, what it's like to have uh, th- three children at, uh, that you have to take care of all the time. And uh, she, you know, gets a little help from a person who wanders into her life to kind of help her deal with taking care of these children. A night nanny. Yeah, a night nanny. Um, So, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Tully? So I should say, uh, leading up to this film, uh, it's one of the few of the festival, and I should clarify, this isn't like a Tribeca movie in the sense that this isn't the world premiere, this came out of Sundance, Um, but this is one of the few movies that was airing in the festival that I had already seen trailers for, and I was like particularly excited about especially when we learned uh jason reitman was going to be like having a conversation for an hour after the movie yeah yeah um i love jason reitman i loved up in the air uh uh, one of our favorite episodes of this podcast uh somewhere back in the feed i wish i had the number off the top of my head but it was my top movie of 2009 i think when we were back then still doing top 10 episodes or top five episodes (laughs) um i like juno too though i don't know how you know well it has survived i haven't revisited it in a long time when young adult came out i was conflicted because on on the one hand like i got what diablo cody and jason reitman and charlie's throne were doing like i understand they were trying to make a movie about an unlikable protagonist and going for a kind of dark humor and a don't give a fuck sort of edginess but that was a movie for me where it was just like it was too mean-spirited maybe now i would like it because i have a black black heart now but back (laughs) back when the movie came out it like rubbed me the wrong way it felt a little too I don't know, biting. And when the trailer for this came out, I was a little worried because it's that trifecta teaming up again. And the comedy hinted at in the trailer seemed like everything is awful. You know, (laughs) life is terrible. Parenthood is terrible. Watch this woman go through it all with like a stone cold expression on her face. I I was concerned that this was going to be that movie. And you can call this The Hobbit because Theron's back again. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. I... Keep it in. Keep it in. Um, no, I'm not going to edit it out. I thought this was a great movie. I really, really, really enjoyed Tolly. I think it is the, with the exception of Up in the Air, I think it's the most mature film Jason Reitman has made in that I think it it really has a lot of nuance. It It, it is a funny movie, like a broadly excessively funny movie, I think. But it's also like, it isn't a mean movie, even though it has like, bits of darkness i think it's a like pretty heartwarming story which yeah. once we get into spoilers that'll seem a little bit surprising <laughs> that that i believe that but it's true i think this is a very like feel-good 
heartwarming story about parenthood and the ebbs and flows. It, it feels like the kind of movie that, like, like a Knocked Up or a This Is 40, you know, but with more craft and subtlety maybe than those broad comedies have. Yeah. Um, I think there, there's just something about this movie where it, it's really, really well crafted and it, it goes along. There are a few events that happen later in the film that are interesting, but for the most part, this is a movie that's kind of like what you see is what you get. Yeah. And I loved what I got. I, I just thought it was so easy to sit through. It was very, very enjoyable. We were with a crowd of people who clearly were also liking it. And there's always something about being in a supportive crowd that just makes you also feel more endeared to it. Yeah. Um, so at the Q&A afterwards, uh, Jason Reitman was talking about Charlize Theron and how good she is at both seeming bitter and sarcastic, but still delivering it in a way that feels natural and doesn't feel like it's it's shtick. It doesn't feel like it's just like in on the joke. Yeah. And I started thinking about like, do I believe that? Because early in this movie, there were a few lines that felt to me like it was just Diablo Cody speaking through uh, Charlie's <laughs> and it felt kind of shticky. But the more the movie sat with me, the more I realized like this is that character. She would have exactly that banter with other people in her life. This is how she would relate to her husband. This is how she would yeah. like relate to strangers. And I, I just think it was really nuanced. I think all the acting is great in this movie. Um, obviously, Charlize is the standout. Uh, Mackenzie Davis as Tully also is great. Um, but even all the supporting characters, like I liked uh, Ron Livingston as her husband. I really liked Elaine Tan as her name, as the sister-in-law character. I think she's like maybe the most comic character in this movie. Yeah. Um, or at least she has some of the best zingers. But yeah, but I mean, there, there's. I feel like they're they're also zingers against her. Like yeah. the way she reacts to the situation is what the joke is, where everybody's like looking at each other like yeah exactly that. but it, it requires good comic timing to make yeah, that yeah, yeah, work. for sure and i don't know this is just like i would be very surprised if a person was excited for this film and wound up being severely let down like i feel like he just he nailed it it's an extremely like competently made mature film with a good message like interesting thoughts about growing up and loneliness and just what it what it feels like to have that burden be lifted for a while. It it, it just yeah. felt good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I think this is a fantastic film. Um, I, I loved pretty much every second of it. And I think that, you know, once again, this is, this is a film where it, it transported me into a character whose life I don't have anything close to, right? Like I don't know what it's like to be a mother of three um, or to be somebody who is like so stressed out by the day to day, um, chores that you go through in your life to the point where like you're just like I just want to lay on a couch and eat nachos very slowly while I watch a weird reality show like I, I don't have that's not my daily life but like I was transported into um, Charlize Theron's head and I think that this film nails like transferring like like it, it makes you empathetic to what she's going through but it, it's it's a weird mix of like it's you can see the depression that she's going through, but at the same time, the film as a whole is very, very hopeful. And it's sort of um, like this character of Tully sort of like comes into her life and is like says the right things and is sort of like that, that savior type person where like you instantly are like, yeah, yeah, like this person is rescuing her yeah. from what she's going through. And it's and it's super awesome. And you're just kind of 
watching the experience she's having. And there, there was moments in this film that like there, there's obviously the moments that make you tear up because you're supposed to tear up. But there was o- other moments where it was just like Charlize Theron just like staring through a doorway and it just like made me tear up. And I was like, I don't even I don't. I don't think I'm supposed to be tearing up right now, but for whatever reason... Well, well the, the, the construct, too, of, of Tolly, you know, m- most of this movie is basically her easing her burden, right? Like, yeah. coming... I, I think this is revealed in the trailer. She shows up. Uh, Charlize Theron's character is a mother of now three, and she's exhausted and stressed all the time and overworked. And, like, in comes this person that... She isn't even doing that much, but she's doing just enough to make life seem bearable again yeah and yeah what's interesting about that construct is like that to me that revealed a lot about the emotions of uh charlie's throne's character just by seeing what what happens when a little bit of kindness gets thrown her way yeah, and that yeah. was like more moving and compelling than the earlier moments when she's actually like depressed and overstressed and upset like the, yeah, yeah there was just something really relieving about like seeing her get something good that almost felt more tinged with sadness because you yeah. realize like how easy it would have been to make this person's life better. Yeah. And it's also like, like, uh, what, what is Shirley Theron's characters? Uh, Marlo. Marlo. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the, the character of Marlo, like when Tolly is helping her out, she, she almost is like confused by it. Like she doesn't understand why she should be able to be helped that way. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. she's like, so I just go to sleep and you watch the baby. Yeah. Cool. And like when she goes upstairs and just talks to the husband, like I, I think it's all taken care of. We just, we'll see what's going on. Like there's a lot of like strangeness in the presence of Tolly and just like, like the fact that she's there to help is so foreign to Marlo's day to day life that she's, she's just like, it's not even being on the offensive. It's just being very off kilter of like trying to understand like why she can now rest <laughs> or now be at peace in different moments. I, I don't know. There, there, there was there was something really, really interesting uh, just watching the Tully character and like like she exists as this pure like um, I don't know. I don't know the best way to say it, but it's like this this pure love towards the child, pure. Um, hopefulness that you don't encounter like normally in life from a lot of people. And it's just seeing her interact with the baby, seeing her try to help uh, Charlize Theron's character, trying to help like the marriage, like just all these little pieces. Um, it's sort of like a wish fulfillment type film, yeah. but it's grounded in like realness of just a person who is good to other people. Right. Um, and I feel like lots of films are not about that. And I don't know, it was, it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. So when we reviewed uh, Leave No Trace just a, a few episodes back from the SF Film Festival, I remember a thing I liked about that movie is almost every stranger in that film was inherently good somehow. Yeah. Like they were, it's just showing tiny acts of kindness. Like that, that movie had a man like picking up two characters while they're hitchhiking and just like being kind. Yeah. And this movie has that too. There's a scene that I thought was really moving where uh, uh, Marlo is dealing with her son, Jonah, who is, he has some kind of emotional or developmental disability. It's, it's not clear what it is or to what degree it's going to be a problem, Yeah, but he's 
throwing a tantrum. He was like very, very upset at the school. And this man who I guess he's like a teacher or a guidance counselor or a something we don't really even know. Yeah, yeah. Just a stranger walks <laughs> up and just a strange and man. just talk and just talks him down from this temper tantrum yeah. and says like it's okay, you're okay, bud. Why don't you do this? All right, I'll see you guys. And yeah. this movie is just filled with little moments where everyone that you feel like maybe you're supposed to hate, they have a they have a moment when you realize they're good people and they're trying. And I think we're we're seeing the world through uh, through Marlo's eyes, where yeah. suddenly with her little bit of like optimism turned back on, she is like happy toward the world again. And people aren't annoying anymore. People yeah. are like kind and helpful and just. Everybody's trying to live their life. Yeah, in, in that scene in particular, what I loved about it is that, you know, the the, the guy does the weird dorky thing of like, you want to pretend to be trees with me, and like tries to get the kid to do these things, and Marlo participates, mm-hmm. and like she does look at her son, and at first you're kind of like, oh, she's doing it to like encourage him to actually participate. But then you sort of get the sense that like, she's also doing it for herself. Mm -hmm. Like she wants to be the tree and breathe through her leaves and sort of just relax for a second. (laughs) It's like, they're just, the film is just full of really authentic feeling, touching moments of just the, the normalcy of life and, and a way of looking at the, the, the toughness and the mundaneness of life as a, as a reward and as a thing that like you've earned and that like you don't have to be the superstar mom. You just have to love your kids and provide that normalcy and that sameness for them. And that is all that you need to do. And like there's just, right. Like, and, that, and that maybe that like rote routine way of living is only ter- terrible because you're comparing it to some hypothetical better future. And if you yeah, can yeah. just let go and learn to love what you have, it, it sounds super trite and cheesy, right? But that's true with all of Jason Reitman's movies, I feel like. Like <laughs> young adults, or sorry, not, not young adult, um, uh, Up in the Air, if I were to summarize like the theme of Up in the Air, it's root yourself, <laughs> be grounded. You don't need to just be alone all the time. Like, yeah, no shit. But... But when you see it like portrayed with nuance and with just like care and like like you just see like a well constructed story that wants to make you feel that way, it it gets to you. And I think I think he really nailed it here too. That this just hits all the right emotions. That there there was pretty much no time watching this movie that I was annoyed at his direction or thought he was being overly clever or too message heavy. The way like Men, Women, and Children was very message heavy. Like this, his head does not seem up his own ass at all here. He seems very like. Yeah. <laughs> Open toward the world, and it's a great quote for the poster. <laughs> his head doesn't even seem up his ass at all. <laughs> well, and I say that for Diablo Cody too, because I I, I like her uh, writing a lot, but she also like certainly Juno. If I were to watch it now, it would feel like very self satisfied in how clever it is and in how clever all the characters communicate. Yeah, and I think this movie really tones it down to a much more humanistic level. It seems like everyone. Like, everyone has aged just enough to, like, dial things back a little bit and just make a wistful movie about being in your, you know, I don't know, late 30s, 40s, being an adult and figuring things out. It, yeah, I, I like it. Cool. Um, so we're we're beating around the bush a little because there, there are some things that happen in the third act that are fairly interesting and I think would warrant a spoiler conversation. Yeah, yeah. So we can... We can, if we want to, we can get to verdicts and then uh, close it out for people who 
don't want any spoilers and then everyone else can just come back once the movie comes out and <laughs> and uh listen back to the following section but uh yeah for now um i mean it's pretty quick non-spoilery section of the episode but it's all good um for now let's just go ahead and, and get to verdicts Stephen. Uh, if you were going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? A must-see. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a... I, I think with the exception only of Up in the Air, it's my favorite movie he's made. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really fantastic. <laughs> um, I, it, I was um, at the San Francisco Film Festival, uh, you know, I liked half, basically half of what we watched. Um, and some of the things that we watched, I really disliked. <laughs> and I was kind of like, ooh, this is not a good way to start off these this next three weeks of films with, like, you know, being half good, half bad. Um, but this is a very strong opener for um, these next two weeks, and I'm very excited moving forward. But, like, I was just, I love that this opened strong, and that, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it's great. You should all watch it. I've already told people <laughs> to go see this movie when it comes out so there you go so yeah let's uh close out this episode then uh steven if people want to find you throughout the week where can you do that uh people can go to twitter.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at the spoiler warning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show um if you want to subscribe to the show you can do so in overcast and stitcher in apple podcasts or anywhere that podcasts are found um if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, or you can like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. So yeah, music is playing now. Um, for everybody, go see this movie. We both said it's a must-see, so you must go watch it. Um, music's going to fade up, and when that music fades out, we will be in full-blown spoilers for this film, so please do not listen until you've seen the film. All right, so we are back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of our review of the film Tully. Um, some very interesting stuff happens uh, at the end of this film, and uh, we need to talk about it to talk about how this film works. And um, I guess, I guess we should. So we'll say what it is, <laughs> and then we'll talk about maybe um, how that influenced our, how that maybe changed or influenced what we thought of the film right. from the moments preceding to that moment to standing back and looking at the overall thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the big reveal basically at the very end of the movie is that Tolly is not real and is heavily, heavily implied to be just a younger version of the character of Marlowe. Uh, so this entire movie, while we've watched this miraculous night nanny swoop in, and make her life better, give her the motivation to put on makeup again. And, and in some cases, I actually swoop in. Yeah. <laughs> make, uh, make cupcakes, clean the house. That's, Is making that, cupcakes what you call it? <laughs> that, that's all her. That, yeah. that, that, that is all just uh, Charlize Theron um, talking to herself, basically, just imagining someone else being there, giving her motivation. And at the end of the movie, she basically breaks and and there's the scene where their car goes off the road and that's kind of like the the end of the delusion 
of, yeah. of the existence of Tolly. Um, so what's interesting first is the one scene in the movie before that moment that took me out of it, that felt too like clever and writerly and not like it would have really gone down, was the scene where Tolly puts on the waitress uniform and as far as I can tell, sleeps with Marlo's husband. Yeah. Like at the, at the very least goes further than I was expecting for her to go in that scene without any sort of conversation at all that would like imply that uh, Marlo is cool with that or that this is like a normal thing that would happen yeah. in this family. I mean, um, in the context of the scene, Marlo is encouraging it. Yeah, Mar- um, Marlo's encouraging it, but I... I was thinking the scene was going to play like, oh, she's going to turn him on and then uh, Marlo is going to swoop in. And that, that isn't the way it goes. But the moment the twist happened, that gets nullified anyway because yeah. the subtext of that scene is that this was uh, the character of Marlo like basically finding the confidence to woo her husband again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, basically... It, 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 it is kind of funny though in, in, in the context of that scene that like her husband is so taken back by her like enthusiasm Mm -hmm. in that scene that like to him, this was like the craziest thing that happened, which it it would be if that scene were true. Right. If, if suddenly like the weird night nanny was just like in bed with you and your wife and you're just like, Whoa, that was, that was not what I was expecting to happen. Like his genuine reactions. Like there's a great scene where it's it's Marla's brother, right? I think I think so. E- yeah. Even though they look like they should be brothers, <laughs> they look so similar. Yeah, yeah, they do a lot. But uh, but like they're talking, and he keeps like wanting to say what happened. And that's the thing is the, the film is so good about dragging you along to like uh, like you said that took you out, but I feel like they do enough padding to keep it in mm-hmm. that like his character is completely 100% reacting where it's like he wants to tell them what happened. Right. And that, that only barely took me out. I just meant yeah, that was yeah. the one thing that felt more like, oh, this is a comedy trying to heighten the stakes. You well, know? So, so I, I didn't see that as a comedy moment. I, I in the moment, saw that as a, like, oh, things are going to start to unravel now. Because mm. I, like, Tolly's existence within the group, she seemed very... She seemed like a very free person mm-hmm. who may have like done this before with other people. She was night nannies before, like where it's like she swoops in, she, uh, like I don't have a better term to use besides gets off on like the idea of like fixing other people's marriages and like right. reconnecting them while having fun herself. Um, so I, I think that I bought her as being a semi problematic element following all of the good that she brought to them. Right. I I just love what this movie does with it because I think if this movie had ended without any reveal like that happening at all, I still would have loved it. It it still would have been a great movie. And the moment the reveal happened, I had that kind of gut reaction of, oh no, you're about to do this. And then like the gears just kind of moved and I was like thinking back to the movie that preceded it. And it's like, no, it all works. It it all yeah. still works great. And, oh, yeah. and it's just like a second really good movie. It's just a different read on it. And like it, it changes things in a sense because it, it changes the subtext of like was Charlize Theron actually having her life turn wonderful all of a sudden or was she, you know, living delusionally? She was actually yeah. very stressed and exhausted. But 
the the emotions that were teased out even when she was feeling good it was kind of like a bittersweet moving yeah. feeling because you know how rare that good feeling is none of that really changes at all even with the character not existing it, yeah. like it all kind of has the same message in the end well so so there is a very very dark subtext about uh n- neglectful spousal figures right like mm-hmm. this is if if she was a single parent and the story is exactly the same then her like generating her own dissociative identity to keep her company and help her with her chores like her way of like breaking away from the things she can't handle and then doing them as this other character mm-hmm. um would just be a, a like a, that would be its own little arc but like the fact that she could do this right under the nose of her husband and he never had a clue shows that like it's not just he's the funny husband who is wants to play video games instead of has sex it's like literally he's completely oblivious to the fact that she is not present um or acting like another person and there is like it's weird that some of the tragedy is stuff that the character who the tragedy is happening to is completely unaware of like Mm -hmm. the fact that i don't know there's something really really dark and sad that like when you step back and you're like, oh, boom, brain explosion, this is this. And then you kind of just go like, oh, that's really sad. <laughs> but then it, it, the reason I think this is such a, a gentle movie, though, is right after that reveal, you have the fairly happy ending. You know, it, you don't have to sit in that sadness for very long. Like, yeah, you yeah. realize the, the danger of spousal abuse and you look back and realize how hard it has been for uh, for Marlo the last few months. But you don't have to sit in like depression. It like it still ends on a high note, and and to me that's the the interesting balance that this movie does is this movie is dark, yeah, and its humor is mostly like still a little bit bleak, or yeah, there yeah. are definitely lots of moments of just ranting or venting frustration or the world just being really, really, really aggravating. Yeah. I, I mean, there are like. A bunch of scenes, I, I should have talked about this in the non-spoiler section, of Marlo just surrounded by her children, like in a car where Jonah is acting out. Yeah, or yeah. going through her day-to-day life in the house, and it becomes this kind of like percussive thing where doors closing and cabinets opening and kids stomping just become a kind of like routine rhythm that becomes insane almost. Yeah. It just like weighs down on you so heavily. And it, it amazes me that a movie, it manages to say all that while still fielding uplifting or at least understanding and leaving you walking away feeling pretty good. Like this isn't the sort of movie I would be afraid to recommend to a person because I think it might be too dark. Like a a friend who just had a baby a few months ago asked if she should see this movie. And I was like, yeah, definitely go see it. You're going to love it. And there was people in the, like one of the women who asked the question during the Q and a was like, getting she was like a few months away from delivering her second child <laughs> and she had some very like personal thoughts about the film mm-hmm. um and i think it's i think it 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 is bringing to like so one of the things that jason reitman brought up too in the q a was that like when they're getting ready to make this film they wanted all these like authentic stories from people who were parents and like they passed around this questionnaire to like all the crew friends and family of people working on the film and was like tell us all of the stories that you're afraid to say out loud to other people so that we like have that for real. And I think that it's a film where it is dealing with subject matter about like 
doubting your capabilities to provide for and care for living creatures that you created out of yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, it is, it is doing it in a way that is like, if you feel this way, you're not a bad parent. Like everyone feels this way. This is just showing that other people can feel that way too. And it, it like shows the strength that like people go through when they have children. Like, yeah, it's hard. And sure, you want to pretend like you do everything right, but y- everyone fails, right? Yeah. Like, like uh, one, of, one of the tropey jokes is like, have you dropped your baby yet? <laughs> right? <laughs> Where like, you're just like, look, everybody's going to have like one of those mistakes. Yeah, and this movie flips it to have you dropped your phone on your baby yet, which is <laughs> yeah. such a good scene. It is great. What's funny is like in the moment I reacted to it as if I had never seen it. And then I remembered shortly after that I'm pretty sure it was in like the trailer that I saw. But... It is just an amazing moment. Like, I think I actually said out loud, like, oh, shit. <laughs> so one um, one reason I really love the reveal in this movie, uh, you know, of Tolly being a younger version of Marlowe, is that there are so many little moments and lines throughout the film that, like, play even better knowing that. Like, yeah. I, I don't think there are nods to the degree that you should have called it early. Like, I, I didn't call the twist early so, 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 we'll, so we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so like for, I was I was going to bring this up too. But like there there's the scene where she comes downstairs and the cupcakes are there. And the daughter's like, who made cupcakes? Mm-hmm. And she just like smiles. And she's like, she's like, I'm taking credit for these cupcakes, yeah. right? But she's like, that will clear that was totally. But like things like that are exactly the kind of thing where it's like. I like her drinking at the bar in Brooklyn. And the bartender uh, flirts and... She goes like, "Oh man, I remember when people used to flirt oh, yeah, yeah. with me that way." And Tolly goes like, "He was looking at you that way." Yeah, and yeah. Th- you know that that plays fine in that moment, but then like when you flip it later, it, it you know the husband saying like, "Oh, I wonder why I didn't wake up when you know Tolly came up to help you nurse the baby." And th- they're just all these things that have a nice dual meaning where they don't. Again, like negligence is pretty similar to being like the routine husband figure who has his headphones on and sleeps through the night and all of that but it it just twists everything like the right degree i it it doesn't feel like an overwhelming table flip reveal it feels like just enough to believe it and get like a little more satisfaction out of it okay so so now let's get into the what we saw coming what we were assuming and when we were saying things because for me for me watching the film there was a couple things that like stood out in a way that let me know something weird was afoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not see the actual reveal coming, but there were things that like I was paying attention to the whole movie and like waiting for it to become things. So one is that there's this repeated mermaid thing throughout the entire film. Yeah. And the first time you see it, you're like, all right, what's this mermaid stuff? This has to be like something, right? And at first I was just like, okay, well, this has to be a metaphor. Like, you know, totally is this literal like... She, she like she's too perfect to be real. Mm-hmm. She has to be something other because she's sort of like this perfect answer to all of the problems. We have no idea what she does during the day. Like she just shows up <laughs> during the full moon. <laughs> Not that mermaids have anything to do with full moons, but like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she seems like a fantasy creature who shows up. But then like she's also maybe maybe it's just that I find uh Mackenzie Davis Davis like very attractive. I can but, neither confirm nor deny. But she was always wearing like 
if I was a woman married to a man and the babysitter was dressed like her all the time, like I'd be like, I'm glad my husband isn't hanging around all the time. Like it, it always seemed like she, she always seemed too sexy for Charlize Theron to be totally fine with her just mm-hmm. always being dressed like that. And there was always something that felt weird. So I was like, because whenever like the joke would be like that, that the husband doesn't even notice she exists. Like I was like, yeah, you would notice she exists. Like she's just around all the time, like wearing nothing. And it just, it seemed very suspicious to me. Right. Mm. But I had no idea where that was going. I was just, I was like, this it has to become a problem or it's just weird that he doesn't notice. Um, but for me, when, when they're in the car and they're driving and, um, Marlo falls asleep. As soon as she loses control of the car by the bridge, it's like the mermaid thing. Like sure. I, I was like, okay, so this is all paying off right now. Um, and I still didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but I was like, is this going to turn into a fantasy? Is this mm-hmm. going to be like Shape of Water, basically? <laughs> like it, it. I knew something was afoot, and I was just like, or a fin, or a fin, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely thought we were in some sort of fantasy thing. Um, which is why, like, once the reveal happens, um, then it's like, oh, no, no, sorry. It was before that. It was before that moment. The moment is when they've been partying all night, and she's like, I have to tell you something. I need to leave you now. That was when I was like, okay. She's literally some sort of, like, whatever the good version of a succubus is. Like, <laughs> like I was like, she's got to be some sort of, like, literal force from somewhere like she has to leave because either she's going to turn back into a literal mermaid or she's just like she has to not be here anymore like Mm -hmm. she came for a purpose did her purpose now she's going to disapparate right like i was like clearly something's wrong and then it was like okay boom mermaid thing okay we're back to that and then it's like once once they're in the hospital and he like says the name i'm like okay cool she's just not there (laughs) see what what makes me feel not dumb because I don't think the movie wants you to call the twist ahead of time, but it gives so many things where there are like obvious symmetries between the two characters, like in the same co- and it's played as a female friendship in that moment of two women getting to know each other. So like, uh, Tolly will say, "Oh, you know, I'm dating multiple people at the same time right now. I'm having trouble with my roommate and." Uh, Marlo will say, oh, yeah, I dated a bunch of people until I finally settled on my husband. Yeah. I remember I had this relationship with my roommate that didn't go too well. You should handle it this way because girls don't forget. Like, once they get hurt, they don't heal themselves again. And there's all these kind of conversations, not to mention the little sprinkled things of, like, oh, this is your favorite song, too? How funny. Oh, yeah. this is your favorite ex? That's really funny. I remember that, too. And What, 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 what was funny for me, though, is, like, the re- to me, that scene was so obvious that Marlo was the roommate that she was trying. Like, to me, it already had its own straightforward metaphor mm. of, like, oh, Tully's going to leave. I see. And this they whole, don't mesh. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, this whole... To me, it was obvious that, like, she either got too close or she feels like she did what she was there to do for. And then she, like, to me, I saw it as being obvious that this whole night was about her leaving her instead of actually leaving her roommate situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like I was already on board with, like, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it is just weird that it works on all of those levels at the same time. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I mean, is is what was your progression of catching on? I mean, it, it was really when the car hits the water that that that's when it was obvious that something big was happening. I, I didn't think there could be any realist ending to it. And then, of course, immediately after when she's in the car and Tully isn't next to her, then it all made sense. Like then, then it all clicked. Yeah. Um, of course, it becomes like text when uh, the husband says that her maiden name is Tully. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I had I had a feeling that something was afoot. But again, I would have completely believed this to be a movie with no anything happening in the third act. Just she learns to find optimism and find rest and take time out to care for herself. And something uninteresting happens that makes Tolly eventually leave. And that's the end of the movie. And it would be so straightforward and direct, almost like boring on paper, but I would have loved that movie yeah, still. Yeah. And it, this just gets that extra bump because it actually has a twist that it nails and it doesn't feel like ham-fisted or overdone. It feels like they really thought through the ramifications of this. Yeah, like I, w- I would have totally bought... Tully. Yeah, I would have to- totally bought the... Like, Tully being a real-life human who just goes around helping other mothers... Like, who who knows what her backstory is? Maybe she could never have a child herself, whatever, even though she's, like, playing a 26-year-old who isn't concerned with having a child at that moment in time. But let's just pretend, like, she is in a situation where she's like, I'm going to go and make the lives of other women with children better because I know how hard it can be, whatever. And then just be a straightforward, she came, she served her purpose, and then moves on to the next mother in need. Um I would also be totally fine with that same story, but she's like a literal fairy godmother type thing, right? Where she just like... She just winks and like cartoon pixie dust. <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't see cartoon pixie dust every time she entered the... the <laughs> I think there was some cartoon pixie dust in the in the room, though, because my eyes were kind of, you know, acting up. <laughs> yeah, 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 I had some of that misty stuff. Oh, fucking this movie. So... <laughs> So, like, them saying goodbye to each other, right? When she's finally like, I, I know you have to go, like, let's go. Like, that scene, like, made me tear up. And I was like, I got this, though. Built my little dam of eyelashes where the, the tear doesn't actually fall. Mm-hmm. And then that next goddamn scene <laughs> where the kid's like, you don't have to brush me anymore. Yeah. It's like, I love you, mom. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, I had it all together. And then you give the cute kid being all helpful and understanding to his mom. I was like, done, lost it. It's over. Yeah. And then you have Ron Livingston being a good husband at the end. And yeah. It, it, it's all good. It's a series of like, it. it's the exact opposite of like, you, you made the Hobbit joke early. It's, it's the exact opposite of the Lord of the Rings 50 endings thing where it's like, this is like four really, really well earned moments with various characters stacked up at the end just to give you, that like that let's hope these credits are really long so these can dry up (laughs) i am also gonna say second best scene of a little girl doing karaoke at a birthday party that i've seen (laughs) all week (laughs) nice but the scene in eighth grade didn't have charlie's theron in it yeah but that one did make me cry (laughs) nice (laughs) all right well i think that probably about does it for our review of Tully. Yeah. 
So hopefully everybody sees this movie, or hopefully if you're listening, you don't already saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope you enjoyed uh, this conversation. Bye. Bye. <laughs>